On planet Egon, two brothers and one girl were recording a podcast. They took eight parsecs to Flip-Flop and went down to Glim-Glom, where they found the origins of their love. It was there in their love that they found their podcast, and in their podcast that they found their love. <laughs> Music! <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we talk about every movie released by New World Pictures, including, that's right, there are some foreign films released by New World Pictures back in the Corman days, and not in the second era, I don't think half as much. <laughs> um, Roger Corman wanted to mix things up from exploitation films, and he wanted to actually uh, bring in some uh, foreign films, so he wasn't just going to be mm. the exploitation guy. Um, I'm Ryan, with me as always is Mark... Guten Tag. And Erica. Erica love Ryan. Repeat. Ryan love Mark. Repeat. <laughs> and speaking of those foreign films, we're going to talk about one of those and this episode. Of course, we're talking about 1970, 70, excuse me. What? We're Ooh. talking about 1973's Fantastic Planet. Francois proclaims, a French planet shines in the sky of the Cannes Festival. says the film cast a spell on us from the first image to the last. A great success at Cannes. The beautiful story we've long awaited. Fantastic animated French film. An event and a complete success. A French masterpiece. Fantastic planet. Winner of the Special Grand Prix Cannes Film Festival. Special Jury Prize, Trieste Film Festival. Gold Medal Atlanta. First Prize, Tehran. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't get you into this movie, I don't know what trailer could with that sort of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> Is everybody ready to just chill? <laughs> um, so 1973's 
this is a hard thing for me to say. Yeah. 1973. Well, you're, it's beyond, it's before you. It's before me. It's before my time. <laughs> um, Fantastic Planet, or in French, The Savage Planet, or in Czech, The Wild Planet. Mm. Um, it is directed by René Leloup. Uh, is written by Lelou and Roland Topor, uh, based on the 1957 book Alms and Cerise, or Alms by the Dozen, by Stéphane Wool, which is the nom de plume of French dental surgeon Pierre Perrault, mm. who was a famous sci-fi novelist, but his work didn't really translate, didn't get translated in English, so it didn't really seem to go too, uh, too far from France. But he was a celebrated sci-fi, and eventually he quit being a dental surgeon and mm. concentrated just on the sci-fi novelist part but none of his books I don't think got too far into America um, we have a few people uh, in the cast in the voice cast Terre is played by Jean Valmont in the French version and Barry Bostwick <laughs> in the English yeah. Barry, good old Barry Bostwick Bear, yeah. Bear Boss uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show and, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, many other things Hal Smith who is the original voice of the owl in the first four Winnie the Pooh shorts he voiced Master Sin and Alm in the mm. English dub. Mm. Um, but not oh, wow. a, not too many others to, to talk about. But, uh, of course, here's where you can watch this. You can watch it um, on HBO Max. Uh, there's also, we watch the Criterion Blu-ray. So there's a Criterion disc that's out about it, which I would highly recommend getting. It's a very good disc. It's on, um, also on Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime mm. and also HBO Max. So you can watch it that way. You can watch um, it on Amazon Prime on your way to space. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go any further, let's talk about what this movie is about. Let's go around and find out. What is Fantastic Planet about, Mark? Uh, it's... Um, I... Uh, mm -hmm. And Erica? Uh, <laughs> correct. That, I second that. I second that. I see. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I lie a lot, but I'm not going to lie to you guys today. Thank you. Today. Yeah, oh, just okay. today. Just what a, today. What a rare day. Truth only. Um, truth or dare truth. And I, I, I always love to hear what people think this movie is about. Mm -hmm. um, all bits aside, I, I, I don't... No, I've watched it a couple times. I have a couple theories about maybe the theme, but sure. I really it, what I love about it. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> Things I love that are, this is gonna be a real love fest is that I think it's open to interpretation. It doesn't expressly tell you what it's about, so it's kind of up to it's up to you, dear watcher mm. or reviewer or mm. podcaster. It's up to you. Interesting theories. I you know for me this movie's about and. I know you guys know that I always say this, but giant mirror people will be our undoing. <laughs> and I, I say this a lot. I say it all the time. I know. Ad nauseum. You get tired of me saying it. Here but we go again. This is how society ends. <laughs> yeah. The giant mirror people will take over. Yes. The giant's blue sea monkeys. <laughs> I mean, you used to say it when we were kids, and I was like, yeah. I was calling yeah. I was calling bullshit then, but now right. I'm, yeah. I'm finally I think you're onto something. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's on to something. Um, here's what this movie's about, according to Letterbox. We are on Letterbox. Please find us there and give us a follow. On the planet Yagam, I guess that's how it's called. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Yagam, Yagam, Yagam. Uh, the drags, extremely technological and spiritually advanced blue humanoids, consider the tiny alms, human beings, descendants of Terra's inhabitants, as ignorant animals. Those who live in slavery are treated as simple pets and used to entertain drugged children. Those who live hidden in the hostile wilderness of the planet are periodically hunted 
and ruthlessly slaughtered as if they were vermin. So that is according to Letterboxd. Uh, okay, I sure. Yeah, that yeah. seems I mean, less that, a synopsis mm-hmm. than a brief like introduction to where the movie begins. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, where the movie begins is with the soundtrack that at first I thought, did I rent Fantastic Penis? <laughs> and I got the wrong movie? Because it sounds like a straight up fucking porno <laughs> at the beginning. I was like, oh, where are we going with this? I hope that the porno is called Fantastic Janet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. It's real close. I hope so. But, you know, I hope so. Janet's just a big blue hoe <laughs> <laughs> who makes everybody who comes into contact with her her slave, her sex slave. And guys keep running up that hill to meet her and she just flicks them back down. That's right. uh-huh. Oh, yeah. That's right. Janet's in charge. Also, did you guys see Barry Bostwick in Christmas in Louisiana? It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's oh a TV my gosh. movie, it's a Hallmark movie. You know, they find the magic in Louisiana. This, of course, woman comes home back to Louisiana where she's come and celebrated Christmas every year. <laughs> and, you know, the festival's been not been going off lately, but this year they brought it back. This and it's, oh, it this is, is, this is really, it's really, it's, uh, it's on topic to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, I mean, you brought up Barry Bostwick. The first I thing mean, I thought was oh, Christmas in Louisiana. Oh, oh, well, pretty much everyone's first thought when they oh, think yeah. of Barry Bostwick. Let <laughs> me go back through his filmography. Um, uh, so, we speaking of Fantastic Planet, this was Erica's pick. Mm-hmm. So, Erica, why Fantastic Planet? I love this movie. There's very few New World movies that I've actually seen before um, graciously joining this podcast. <laughs> um, and so, I... I.e. being forced, <laughs> being dragged. Yeah. And then, you know, finding that I love it. <laughs> and then uh, experiencing Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> just sticking with and it. And just saying, you know what, I like what it after hell? all. What the hell? No, it's my fault that I'm on the podcast. <laughs> I, I, did I, did I did this. I did this. I married Ryan. I deserve this. <laughs> He's just so scared of those mirror people. I have to stay with them. Um, and so there's very few New World movies that I had seen. Maybe Heather's was one. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Creep Show 2. Creep Show 2. And then Fantastic Planet. So I didn't even realize, of course, the first time I saw this, you know, 20 years ago when I was in college, 20 plus years ago, um, I didn't realize it was a New World movie sure and then when i was looking at my next new world movie to pick and was looking online i'm like oh my god fantastic planet is a new world yes i have to have to select this because it felt special to me because you guys have multiple moment in time movies where you're like oh you know we saw this movie and we saw Mm -hmm. it together or we saw Mm -hmm. it in the theater or we Mm -hmm. saw it with friends and and you know a lot of the other ones I remember seeing them, but this was one that was a real moment in time movie for me. I, I remember seeing it in college. It was shown to me by a good friend who was really into kind of like obscure movies, and it was unlike anything I had ever seen. And I've always been someone who's enjoyed. And you watch this completely sober. You're in college, and you watch it entirely <laughs> I mean, sober, correct? That, <laughs> that's uh, no comment. <laughs> so, but I. I had never seen anything like that. And I had been a fan of comic books and anime and cartoons, you know, the Simpsons, like had, had still been a fan of all of that. And so seeing this, I had never really experienced this kind of animation before. 
Um, I've always been kind of like a Francophile and been a little bit into, you know, French stuff, yeah. French stuff and France. And, and so the fact that it was a French, you know, essentially mostly French film in French, I just really, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And even watching it a few times again, rewatching it recently, I love, I still love it. I love mm-hmm. it so much. And I think it's so odd and I love how open to interpretation mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. and then the more you were kind of digging into it Ryan and listening to the interviews like it was really truly just created by artists yeah with the intent to be this artistic piece and I right. just there's so few things like that now and something you mentioned to me too this is like a uniquely it seems a, though it was made by a French and Czechoslovakian uh, companies this does seem so uniquely French it's yeah. based on like a French sci-fi mm-hmm. novel French artists, a French French director. It's just it it just has a very sort of uh, unique sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. It certainly isn't American, despite the fact that there's an American dub version of it. Um, but it, interestingly enough, when you put in the the Criterion disc, it plays the if you play movie, it's going to play the French <laughs> version first. Right. Yeah. It actually didn't get dubbed till it was purchased by New World Pictures, and then they dubbed the movie. Got it. So it initially it. came out uh, in French. So, um, and that seems to be the preferred. Though I don't think the dub is actually that bad. The dub isn't that bad, and what's kind of charming about it is that it isn't a perfect translation because French to English is still yep. a little bit flowery and mm-hmm. a bit a bit off just because of the sentence structure. And I kind of like that because it I think adds to the oddness of it and kind of it's not too off though from what the subtitles are yeah because a subtitle- few words here and yeah. there a little mm-hmm. but if you know french you might notice more of those kinds mm-hmm. of kinds of things uh, and one of the scenes that was i, I think because i watched the one on amazon prime and obviously i was missing the scene where the the naked guys come in and they bend over and stick flutes at their ass and then blow it i thought that was i was waiting for Sorry, hmm. that was in Monty Python playing circus <laughs> reference. That landed so badly. Like, we'll cut that all out. I was like, out. did he watch Fantastic Janet? <laughs> no, I was, that's in Fantastic no, I was, Janet. I was no, this so. is this is definitely for people that have not seen this or are unfamiliar with the animation style. Uh, I'm yeah. going to cut yeah. that all out. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, it's like, no, but it's important to note that the that the you know the animation style of this is like most popularly known. For Terry Gilliam's animations in mm-hmm. the Monty Python movies and their TV show, so, right? So it's the same sort of right. like has a very different, almost like a um, uh, paper mache kind for, of like cut and paste. They're cut and paste. Style. They're sort of yeah. like stop motion. There are yeah. a lot of like paper cutouts and a lot of like only expressions, a couple expressions on faces that they use to mm-hmm. kind of show different emotions. But it completely works. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. At first, it's a little bit like oh, okay, interesting uh, artistic style. But you get pretty quickly immersed in it, and it, it, the story and what, and just the whole, albeit confusing plot, yes. mixed with the yes. animation, it just all works. It's, I mean, this is a movie that you're going to sit down, not to like understand every nuance of the plot. You're not going to no. get a story yeah. that makes a whole lot of sense, but visually, and certainly even the audio of it is amazing to watch. It's just, it's a fun ride. If you're willing to just take the ride, and I hear you about the soundtrack, but I gotta say the score gave it a, to me like a, a definitely another. I'm just, just saying at the this, very beginning. It, no, it does. It has it is I just straight up saying. porno music. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah. Then yeah. It, it makes sense, but without context, you're like, what? Mm-hmm. The guy who did the score is uh, Alain Gorager. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I said that right. But he does not do a lot of scores for anything other than French films. So like. Mm. 
again, it has a very, like, very French or Italian of that era kind of score to it. It has been sampled for various, like, hip-hop groups and stuff have, have sampled it, but it has not traveled as far. And I thought it really gives, it does sort of set the tone a little bit of the movie as well. It's kind of an interesting thing, though it, you, it definitely has some, like, porn qualities. But I gotta say, when I watched the opening, some of the opening of the movie, it kind of made me feel bad about myself in that th this time I surrounded our dogs with these square dragon fruits and I just kind of <laughs> laughed at them and uh -huh. I was like that mm -hmm. you know what I regret that now mm -hmm. yeah you know I anytime didn't... you pretend to throw the ball the tennis ball but you actually just held it and then the dog ran to go find it don't you feel like an asshole now like yeah. oh and I then the time just that... thrown the damn ball and then the time you killed your dog yeah yeah just because I kept dropping it from a yeah. far distance <laughs> How high can I drop her from? <laughs> of course, we're talking about how the drugs uh, treated the alms, the little, the little drugs in the very mm -hmm. beginning of the, the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually, um, one of the gr a girl comes up, takes the, a baby from a mom has been killed, and they and she's going to raise that. And that's our little. No, no, she killed the mom. Well, the little kids killed the mom, <laughs> the and killed then the she mom. comes. Yeah. She walks up with uh, with Master Sin. Oh, and okay. she um, at that point I was still waiting Tiva. for like the foot to come down and smash him from mm -hmm. up above <laughs> right. you're like, like, that this, wasn't in my this version. is the start of you just thought this was all an intro to a, a Monty Python flight circus episode <laughs> I was you're waiting like, they're like, really giving they're giving Terry Gilliam a long leash <laughs> like, when is this episode gonna start I thought this was the Terry Gilliam episode get like, to like, the silly walks <laughs> like, <laughs> when does the cheese store come in <laughs> This is really taking... Okay, Terry Gilliam. <laughs> this is like when he did that whole uh, short film before uh, Meaning of Life. Right, exactly. <laughs> now you understand. Really giving him such a long leash on this one. Um, but yeah, no, that is, uh, is the main character of Tiwa. That's the main drog girl who raises little Terror, who's a baby. And she raises him from a baby uh, into, I guess he's a teen or 20s? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Somewhere around there. Um, and uh, she eventually gets a little collar on him, mm -hmm. but that process is complicated, right? I mean, it's all complicated. All very weird. <laughs> it's also weird because they get a collar by there's a machine that mm -hmm. presumably can create anything. Correct. And it's, and they make a, effectively a remote controlled dog collar of mm -hmm. all the things you could make. And yeah. not even one that's a full harness that would kind of help support the back and the chest. Yeah. No, no. Like oh, just your neck is up ruined. Your neck is ruined. Yeah. Oh, you could have done a lot of different things. You could have uh, said, hey, we'll just put an invisible fence. Mm -hmm. well, let's make an invisible mm -hmm. fence around our home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe uh, well, let's make some clothes that don't make him, you know, look like a French ballet dancer. But no, they, <laughs> they do a dog collar that it has a remote control watch that can... I guess shock or pull him back Bring at him back, any yeah. given moment. And mm -hmm. the the watch that the the drags wear has just like like it the, the watch just has like a lever that comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just which on -off honestly switch. it just sticks out from the watch and could get caught in almost anything. Like yeah. you're right. putting on a shirt or something. Right. Oh, totally. Especially that Swiss cheese outfit that she has on. That's getting caught on the bracelet. For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. For sure. I mean, if she does that moment where she's like experimenting with eye makeup and all that stuff mm -hmm. and just dabbing like white powder on her face. You could easily just ding that lever on something. Next thing you know, <laughs> that poor Poor little uh, 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 Tear just gets mm -hmm. He's just being brought from like, wherever oh, he is Oh Tear so sorry uh, Did I do it again? Boop. Yeah oh. 
And but the fa- her father like warns her like be careful these are real gentle creatures but that thing is I mean no. you can get it caught in literally yeah. anything yeah. you know be careful but I'm going to give you a dog collar that is going to drag <laughs> this thing from mm-hmm. any far reaches of the world could get caught on anything and also can as it turns out uh, could be cut by the tiniest of little blades <laughs> yeah but just like the tiny it, the way it is removed is like oh, re- oh He's never, he never thought of that? Like, not once? But I love that. That he always tried to take it off. Like, he uh, wanted it to go over his head. Right. But he needed a lady to show him that it just <laughs> needed to be unhooked. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> so also, you know? weirdly, about the whole pro- the process of getting that thing on, is that there's a whole bunch of lights that go up, and he's put into this little dish, and all these lights go. But then... He disappears for a while. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Does it teleport you somewhere? Like it feels Again, like the technology <laughs> is so much what grander happens? than then yeah. he pops back and he just yeah. has a collar on. You're like, yeah. oh, I, I thought something a little bit mm-hmm. wilder was going to happen, but it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very. I know. Yep. It's great. It's <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> you have all this technology, and you're that's it. That's yeah. all you got. And then you just put him in a little Mikhail Baryshnikov mm-hmm. outfit, yeah. and just just fucking with him. Yeah. I mean, they show like almost a a I guess the French version of a montage is that a French word actually? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where it shows him getting what's older. a French version of a montage? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, how did there's got to be a word for they it? They do their own French version did, of a montage. Did at some point the French just do so many montages? We were just like, well, we'll just take that word because yeah. we can't think of any other word better for montage <laughs> than so what they do. So it was like, what is that word in English? We don't have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's we montage. never created one, and the yeah, French montage. are so good at it. We'll just use yeah. their word for yeah. it. But he goes from uh, being little, and then he's in this Mikhail Baryshnikov uh, ballet outfit. Then it's like a montage of him growing older, right? Mm-hmm. And then after that, he's got an outfit that he looks just like Sean Connery in Zardoz. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. is he wearing now? Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, he looks like the Maharaji from mm-hmm. Temple of Doom. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, yep. That little like, onesie in the, the hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is <laughs> happening? Are you talking about the, the Bergenkopf one? Is that the one where he has like, it looks like two pieces of popcorn like off to <laughs> no, his I think that's when he becomes like, the, yes. But then he just has a little stripe like, he uh, does, like, like, he does like the one onesie and then he has like the little hat that goes up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the Maharaji one. I feel right. like. yeah, yeah. That's the Maharaji yeah. one. But before yeah. that, he's Sardoz. Uh, she puts him into a variety of crazy outfits. Remember the one she just puts a little hat on him, and it's just like a little gold hat that looks like it just goes over onto mm-hmm. your like, and then but it has a giant circle on it. Yeah, like that thing. Yeah. And already your neck is constrained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you got to keep you got to hold that thing up on your head. You know that was a pain in the butt. Yeah. Well, that's what makes your neck strong. It's it was part of a training program <laughs> right. to get your so you neck can handle strong. that hat. Yeah, of yeah course. exactly. Of course. Yeah. 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 Did they have a little store that the drugs went to where they could buy a little omni? No way. I'm no, sure no, there was some that creature that created it. Or they made know? it up. They created it in that machine. Yeah. That machine that can create anything. Mm-hmm. Is that how they did it? Sure. Because how do they put <laughs> how do they put the you clothes decide. on? Because when, I know when they remove them, they simply rip them off the body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's how they were, but how do they, they put they didn't see it doesn't look like they would like delicately put them on their bodies or no anything. they do and it takes a long time so that's why they rip <laughs> they them just, off because they're like I've already invested too much time in your outfit <laughs> <laughs> they were like should we do a montage and then putting the clothes on they're like how French do we want to make this movie we <laughs> can't we can't if make it this. was an American movie yes <laughs> yes but this is French they expect that from us yeah yeah 
Can we also take a minute to discuss one little tear? So going back a bit, one little tear witnesses Master Singh and three others. They go into that room with the long, and it has those black like tentacles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just sit down and close their eyes, and then their bo- the tentacles touch them, and their bodies morph. Yeah, this is like, where their eyeballs disappear mm-hmm, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. This is when they're like sort of doing their meditation, which yeah. we learn uh, what exactly they're doing later. Right. But the, the, the meditation, which apparently they do, quote all the time, all the time. But all this the is time. also. But I think in this scene, so they were doing meditation, mm-hmm. but in this scene in particular is when Tara's like, "Hi, I'm fucking freaking out." <laughs> Tara seems to freak out. Yeah. He's like, "What am I seeing?" Because their heads all stay the same. But their bodies change into like they morph together, they morph apart, they become like a string. Then they're big again. Which I guess like, we're that explain the movie later on explains what's actually happening. So I guess that's the orgasmic reaction of what's mm, happening in the meditation. Four dudes just sitting together and then they just blend into one. I guess. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, that, like this movie does. Uh, is that wrong? Is that a wrong assumption? I, this movie leaves a lot to interpretation. Yeah. So French. Yeah. It's so French. Very French. Yeah. So. And that, so then Tiva. <laughs> that same comes scene in happens, but in them. a much much sweatier affair and fantastic Janet. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the black tentacles that come out are just. Yeah. It's just more dicks. Just dongs. It's just more dicks. Yeah, just so dongs. many dongs. <laughs> It's you could even call it a dong montage now, if you want. I always thought I always thought I, well, I always thought I would partner steaming with steaming, but then after watching Covergirl, I thought I might partner Covergirl with steaming, but now am I going to partner Fantastic Janet with steaming? Mm, <laughs> I think you might need to. Oh, la yeah. la. I'm going to make it a double feature. <laughs> I need a benefactor ASAP. <laughs> um Speaking of the drags, they are extremely obsessed with how quickly the alms reproduce, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Disturbingly. Disturbingly yeah. so. Like, they bring it up a ton. But they what do. they also don't... So, that's... I'm glad you said that, because what they also don't bring Thank up you. is... So glad. This is, this so is, relieved. This is a first for me. <laughs> they talk about how... Now we're going to light fireworks. It's yeah. It's about to get... <laughs> The um, Tear says, my time moves faster than theirs. So, like, my week is a year for her. Or something like that. I forget the no, exact... I think it's six years. Uh, one week for them is six years. For one me. week for an ohm is six years for... For me. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. of course it would seem like the ohms are reproducing at an alarming rate. Because if it's in six years... Yeah. You know, and every baby Look at the takes... two of you tag yeah. teaming, crunching the numbers. Yeah. yeah well, that's no, what it ta- no. I have to tag team to crunch the numbers. <laughs> yeah. I am not no. a number cruncher solo. <laughs> but but they're really it's more than just the frequency. It feels like they are personally invested in how much fucking beyond. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is weird because they're meditating all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. So I feel like there's like a little bit of jealousy there. That they're kind of like, dang, they do that happens quick mm-hmm. yeah because they're meditating all the time and yet are reproducing at seemingly a very low rate right well yeah. they have a lot more they have as as the movie ends up explaining they have more complications there's more hoops that they have to jump through yeah in order yeah. to like all the ohms do is they run out into a forest orgy and <laughs> yeah. just go for it put a little glowing glitter on themselves yeah. 
Can but, we talk about that a little yes, bit? Yes, we can. That scene, yes, it happens can. one time. Yeah. yeah. And they all gather together on top of what looks like half a drog head. Yeah, yep. it's like half a drog And then they do this sort of weird sexual communion where yeah. they all just eat these glowy biscuits. Yeah, and exactly. And then they glow themselves and then they all run into various parts mm-hmm. of the forest to have sex. But it happens one time. Like, is that the only way they reproduce? Is that... What are, they, that, what are they eating? Is Are they just going on taking drugs and just... What is happening there? Yeah, I mean, I don't even... Who knows if it's even drugs or if it's just glowy fruit, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Makes you horny. <laughs> makes you, I mean... <laughs> that's the tagline. <laughs> glowy fruit makes you horny. Right. Um, but yeah, that just seems like that's their one fun ritual that they have. They're like, hey, let's have our glowy fruit and we'll, you know, go on out and find a little spot. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, but what if they did? So it was only strange for me. What if there was? What if there was like something that happened that got rid of the glowy fruit? Mm, Yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me in uh, Christmas in Mississippi. Oh, 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 shoot! This is a different one from Christmas in Louisiana. Then it's different. This one. It's I, so different. It's an entirely going, different state. It's different. It goes back to her hometown in Gulfport, Mississippi. There, okay. there was uh, there was a hurricane. Okay. Uh, they have Ooh. this big light well, show, Christmas light show, and a yeah. hurricane wiped out the light show. Oh. And so she mm. works with the town to bring the light show back mm-hmm. to town. And Barry Boswick plays <gasps> Mr. Chris. Is he Chris Kringle? Or is he not? Ooh. Not going to say. Mm. You gotta watch it All yourself. I gotta say oh! is Merry Christmas indeed, Mississippi. It's open to interpretation, just like Fantastic Planet, and unlike Fantastic Janet, which is very obvious in its intent. It's, <laughs> it is made with purpose. It is really uh, a slam bam, thank you, Janet. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. Wham bam, thank you, Janet. Doesn't rhyme, but it no, good. but it but it's we we. Merci, Janet. Can we go real quickly? <laughs> let's go back to the outfits that Terror is forced to wear, which, mm-hmm. by the way, I, just made me think after I finished the movie, well, obviously, then eventually Terror is going to break apart and start a revolution because of those outfits, right? Like, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, it's the guarantee. same reason that your dog bites you sometimes because they're like, this is for that Christmas sweater, chomp. <laughs> this is because you dressed me up as a pirate at Halloween. Bite. <laughs> that's is, why. Is there a Barry Boswick Christmas film that. <laughs> <laughs> that is about a dog escaping, and uh, is that like... If there is, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that Christmas in New Jersey? <laughs> I, I'm waiting for it. You know, yeah, we're yes. getting we're getting close to that time of year where those movies come out. So. Apologies to everyone in New Jersey. I clearly think you guys are terrible pet owners, and I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Um, so is, if it's not the if it's not the outfits that he's forced to wear, is it because she chases him around with little rain clouds? She forces him to outrun that, that, a rain cloud. Yeah, that is a that is a bum. and lightning and mm-hmm. it's I mean yeah oh guy. She does have a little petty, you know. Uh, yeah, but didn't it, it? That's didn't it feel like that's the way that some people like treat their pets though? For Where sure. Like yeah, sure. you live outside. You live in the backyard now. Doesn't I can't matter if it's like raining or snowing or whatever. Like, I love our dogs and I I feel like we treat them incredibly well. But if I could manipulate a tiny rain cloud to chase them around a little bit, I can't say. <laughs> See? I can't say I wouldn't it, you use fucking it. Drug. I'm like, I'm. You know what, New Jersey? You have it all on me. I just completely gave you. I mean, I gave you nothing but grief. And now, yep. look, you know, uh, write me <laughs> at info at newworldpodcast.com. 
And uh, call me out because, you know, obviously I'm also, a jerk here. potential new uh, t-shirt idea that just says, you fucking drag. <laughs> D-R-A-A-G. You're a drag. Get it? Fantastic planet. <laughs> we have a lot of t-shirts to make. That's right. We have a lot of t-shirts. Um, so also, uh, wait a minute. So you just like whistle and then those crazy crystals just yes. break apart? Yeah. That's all yeah, it takes? That's all it takes. Again, just, just part of the mystery the of the lightest whistle. Yeah. The lightest whistle. They will whistle. trap you and encase you, but if you just... Done. You're free. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that field is really for. Uh, other than just crystals growing and then we break them apart. It just feels... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so... That's a lot of what this movie is. Well, a I feel like, Ryan, like it was really a deep dive into how dangerous the planet was for the Ohm and that he could be in danger at any moment, but that he was stuck to Tiwa to save him because... But once Tiwa whistles, then, she then he educated knows. Him she he educates knew. him. That's right. She's the teacher. And he educates himself because he eventually runs off. Uh, but he's he's in on her, like... She has this little... Infos. Little gold uh, headband, which sort of gives her instructions and lessons mm-hmm. and drag history and stuff. But... Um, which her, I love, because I love yes. that you just hear the drag history, and it's like, you travel eight parsecs to Gliplop, and you will see that the temperature ranges from 100 to 283 Klim Kloms. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Right. This doesn't make any sense! <laughs> and and you di- listen to... So much of so it. So much of it. And he eventually takes it back to other alms, and they start, like, educating yeah. themselves. When he runs away, yeah. The drags are initially like, oh, they can't learn this stuff. What are they afraid they're going to learn? As you said, it's all just a bunch of, like, the exact measurements of the blip-blops to the mm-hmm. clippity-glue-doos? Yeah, or what? Gonna, <laughs> the ideas are going to be just as smart, and they want to keep them yeah. dumb. Yeah. And if they know everything, including... You know where their little fuck zone is. <laughs> then, well, then it's, potential T-shirt. <laughs> Where's the fuck zone? <laughs> is is this the fuck zone? <laughs> Directions to the drag fuck zone, please. <laughs> <laughs> then, oh, that's for the fantastic Janet shirt. <laughs> <laughs> then they, then you know they. I mean, that truly is. They're just trying to try to keep them stupid. Yeah. So the fact right, that they right. get that that necklace or whatever it is and can actually start to learn, of course. Um, like and I think that's why they Tara let them learns steal all that stuff. And yeah. So like, yeah. He does learn, and they get really like, worried because he. And... How does he know? Right. For example, they try to like sabotage the ohms by sending them or letting them steal boxes, and some yes. of them have bombs in exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's why. That's mm-hmm. why I was like. That's why they let like they let them learn a little bit because they can still. But that one I was like, them so happy because that one guy just kept like laughing at his outfit and kept banging that box, and they were like, "Don't do that." And then like he kept banging the box, and the box just ate him. Or yeah, whatever. he was the guy that just lasted a little like, bit too long yeah. of jokes. Where yeah, you're yeah, like, Ugh. yeah, 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 dude, enough. Okay, like, Corey. All, literally, yeah. we're all like, dude. Okay, yeah. Corey. Okay. Stop. We thought it was all funny at first, mm-hmm. and now it's too far, Corey. Yeah. So, yeah. so bye, Corey. I don't know. I just decided that guy's name was Corey. I, totally <laughs> Sorry to sense. any Corey who's not a douche, <laughs> but to Corey's who are douches. I know? mean, think about that. There's a lot of Corey's out. right now going, yeah, you're right. <laughs> the box would have swallowed me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But speaking of once they make fun of his clothing, and once once Ver like get gets to meet a bunch of the other alms that are living inside of mm-hmm. a tree. A, yeah. a te- or an ear canal <laughs> or yeah. a giant Large ear canal tree. is more what it yeah. looks like but in any case once they make fun of his clothes like they're making fun of his clothes but they need like barfing slugs to make mm-hmm. their own clothes mm-hmm. so 
I I don't know. Well, I don't know. Because they don't have that necklace, they haven't learned manufacturing yet. Right. Have yeah, you played the Age of Empires? Yes. They haven't got to the Copper Age yet. They have not. They have not. They, have not. they are definitely un- in the, 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 the Mesozoic era. <laughs> yes. And an uneducated person, the first thing you're going to do is be like, oh, look at the fancy man with this popcorn hat. <laughs> Right. That's essentially what. Corey, and we're, we're yeah. like, they're, they're, hey, Corey, check out the fancy man in his popcorn hat. What an idiot! Look, meanwhile, their leader is wearing... why aren't his titties out like all these other ladies? <laughs> <laughs> what a douche! Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I'm Corey. <laughs> bang, 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 bang! Damn it, Corey! Here, I thought Corey died. Damn it! <laughs> um, I thought that box swallowed you. Meanwhile, the leader though of these alms. Is wearing like a dead octopus on his yes, <laughs> right. and a beaded so, skirt. Yeah, like, so like, yeah. like he has any say in it. Well, all. you touched on something that I want to call out uh, for being an animated movie that's rated PG. There's a whole lot of nudity and PG. Fucking. There's a rated high PG. titty count. In yeah. fact, the big twist of this movie is they find the drag fuck zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big. I'm pretty sure it's called thing. Fantastic Planet. That's what they find. But okay. <laughs> Maybe in the American version that translates to the fuck translation, zone. The translation from the French. Is. <laughs> yeah. The French to English translation is, is slippery. Just to but, go back to, um, but I also wonder, isn't, isn't the word sabotage also French, by the way? I, sabotage? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. I, know, I, just, I don't know I guess I didn't French. realize Fantastic Planet translated in English to fuck zone. That's my bad. I stopped at high school French. That's on me. That's on me. I own that. I quarry that. I think it's called. <laughs> you really quarried that shit. You really quor. Yeah, your whole French uh, uh, president. Uh, 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 your president of the French the president. Club. Thank you. Yes, I worked yes. my way up. But you really quarried it. They really did. They really did. You made it all the way to president, and you quarried the shit out of it. <laughs> quarried myself. Can we can we talk a minute about the, the what how the drags eat though? Like, Ooh, yeah. they suck in little poop nuggets mm-hmm. from a cloud butthole yep. or yeah. something. <laughs> what is happening? It seemed really efficient. They don't use plates. Silverware, just just little pellets of poop just coming out of that cloud butthole. You suck on it. That's why I think they're sea monkeys, because you know what you feed monkeys that sea monkeys that little garbage like sprinkle stuff. You're right, they might be sea monkeys. That's a good point. They have the gills, and then remember when Tiwa falls asleep and she like curls up and she has the long tail suddenly? Like kind of like a cat. So weird. Yeah. That is she such has a arms weird and legs movie. until she goes to sleep, and then she curls up like a little. It just like that, you this always is the thought first you part could, of the movie that makes sense. You could <laughs> grow those sea monkeys like it was in the old cartoon ads, where you were mm-hmm. like, "These sea monkeys could grow to be ginormous," mm-hmm. but no one was ever able to pull that off. Until now, until <laughs> the French got a hold. Yeah, of the it. French got a hold of it and turned them into an entire species. <laughs> um, I think this would be a great time. To talk about things we j'adore <laughs> and things we hated. <laughs> there is no word for hate in French. <laughs> I don't know. Again, I it. You corried it. Went. You're really corried. <laughs> I also said right. things we I love. J'adore is I love. So I just want to call out. Okay, for anybody who's listening, I know yeah. that I said things we I love. I get it. <laughs> I hope people get really upset at the French that we uh, about have on my this. English to yeah. French translation. <laughs> I like the New World Pictures podcast, but their French is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, sorry, so Quebec. Yeah, pardon us. We apologize. Um, to New Jersey and to Quebec. Uh, let's talk about the things that we love and the things we hated about Fantastic Planet. Mark, what's something you love? Something you hated? 
Something I loved is uh, when they get the two ohms to fight each other. Uh, because oh, yeah. it, is, it is effectively... Mm-hmm. How did their hair get stuck together like that? I, I, don't, like I were, have no I idea. they were tied together on purpose. Yeah, oh, I think oh, they were okay. tied together on purpose because this is the Fantastic Planet version of Cockfighter. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oof, deep It thoughts. is a sport. Yeah. They tie each other together. We're going to they... introduce a new segment in this after this one called Deep Thoughts. <laughs> and I'm also going to pepper it in whenever I feel like a deep is being said. So go ahead. Deep thought. I also like that this movie taught me that when you kill a predator, you bathe in their blood. Oh, yeah. I had, I I mean, I've heard of people drinking the blood Mm -hmm. or biting the heart of an animal that you killed, Mm -hmm. but bathing? Mm -hmm. It took it to a new level. I was like, oh. Yeah. I missed out on that one. But yeah. they did drink from that dragon bird. Sure, they did. They yeah. drink. That, and that they ate is, it. That's civilized. But ate drink. it in a seemingly an hour. <laughs> like, to its bones. Sure. Yeah. They picked apart like they that thing. I they left it and it just dissolved or whatever. I, I want to believe that they ate the hell out of it. Oh, all right. Well. I mean, you know Corey was chomping. Style. He was just. <laughs> Corey was gone or he would have been out there eating it buffet style. <laughs> Corey loved a good buffet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Corey. J'adore. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, Erica. <laughs> I almost sprayed my drink. <laughs> Erica, <laughs> things that you loved, uh, a, <sighs> thing, a, a thing you love and a thing you hated. <clears throat> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't hate anything about this movie. And that might mm-hmm. be a New World Pictures podcast, Erica, first. <laughs> TM. Um, Deep thoughts. <laughs> I didn't. I don't hate anything about it. I really don't. I really love it. Tell I me love, you love then? Uh, I love everything about it. I love the music. I think it transports you into a weird. It feels, you know, I'm not a child of the 70s, but it feels very 70s to me. Mm-hmm. Um, having it all be in French makes it, gives it this sort of ethereal, dreamy quality that I like. I love the look of it i love the colors um you know there's something so off-putting about having the main character have red eyes Mm. because typically that's an evil thing you know you'd always see cartoons or fairy tales like evil eyes oh it's evil but the drugs don't seem particularly like they're not trying to be evil Mm -hmm. some of the choices they're making are questionable just by the way it's presented but they don't seem like a an evil species by their nature but the, having mm-hmm. those red eyes I think is so intense I love this movie I th- there isn't anything that hate about it right which is I know rare and uncommon but I really <laughs> I just love it from start to finish I love what a comment conversation piece it is mm-hmm. and you can watch it and be like what do you think it's about what do you what do you take from it and hilariously I so I <laughs> Do a little bit of my own research. Hey, wait, 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 wait. wait Dip, a dip minute. my toe in some research. Hello. Yep, because I was remembering that this, that Fantastic Planet was in a movie. Like, clips of it were in a movie, but I couldn't remember what. So I went on a little Google search and then was able to recall that it's in The Cell. If you remember 2000's The Cell, starring I, Jennifer I Lopez mm-hmm. and um, Vincent D'Onofrio. And it's in The Cell Isn't where she. Isn't that she's, Vincent? D'Onofrio? 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Very good, Ryan. Sibon. <laughs> that was a, a, a terrible joke that I will keep retelling forever. <laughs> what does Corey think? Corey loves it. Corey, He's somewhere yeah. back I, in a box. Corey, right I will admit, that was a Corey joke. Corey told me that joke. <laughs> Corey would love it. But it's in the cell, and it's when Jennifer Lopez's character is falling asleep that it's on television in the background you know certain you know quick blips of it are in the background of the cell um which i thought was kind of a neat and the story of the cell is kind of it's about a serial killer played by vincent (laughs) d'onofrio thank you vincent (laughs) d'onofrio and he kind of traps women and you know mutilates them and manipulates them and kind of plays puppet mm-hmm. master with women so i thought I. It e. Was... puts a a, ner- uh, a neck collar on them and he does he does put a neck collar on jennifer yeah. lopez at mm-hmm. one point in his like dream world or whatever um and she has to go Called into a, fuck a zone yeah maybe <laughs> yes she has to go into i a think dream they do state. go into a fuck yeah, zone in that she movie. goes into a dream state to yeah. like be able to access him and figure mm-hmm. out where his victim is and stuff like that so i thought it was kind of a neat that somebody who worked on that movie clearly was familiar with fantastic planet and made the correlation and kind of brought that in. I thought that was kind of cool, but really it hasn't been like this very popular. I think it won awards at the time and it was popular at the time, Yes, but it didn't become this like mainstream. It still remains kind of on the outskirts of like this obscure, you know, kind of out there film. Yeah. Which I think is great and adds to it and adds to like the lore of all of it. Yes. Um, as far as me, for things, something I loved and something I hated. Um, well, I loved Ver's outfits because mm-hmm. I think he and I think he took a real dip when he went wild. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. I think those outfits they changed took a him real dip. Yeah. Yeah. But a part of him had to kind of he had to kind of cooperate. And he yeah, he had, had to play ball. He had, he had to play in. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To fit in and eventually in point, yeah. <clears throat> fucking take over hair yeah. style. Yeah. That's right. Become That's the right. leader. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, so. Something I hated was like. Why did that tiny little guy get hatched just be eaten by that three-nosed pig creature? <laughs> I know. I mean, come on. I know. And we never get to see any of them again. I know. Well, obviously not the little creature because he got eaten. But that pig creature came out of nowhere. I know. I out know. of nowhere. We never see that guy pig again. Creature. Pig creature's an asshole. I know. Why couldn't it have been like the bird dragon or whatever? You know? I don't just know. Just nature's cruelty. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. shit is just so hatched I hated to that. die. Um, let's go to our favorite scene. What's our, uh, our favorite scene from Fantastic Planet, Mark? Uh, certainly my favorite scene is when the uh, drags attack the ohms. And why is it my favorite scene? Because it's not, there's nothing about it that's particularly unique, except for the machinery in which they're using mm. to attack them. In particular, when they send in the ships, they have, again, we talked about this at the beginning, they have a technology that allows them to create anything and they ultimately attack them with vacuum cleaners and bowling balls. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? You could make anything. Yeah. And that's what you came up with, which makes me think the stags are not very smart. Drags, mm-hmm. yes. Or drags. Or, or the stags. Or, or the stags. Or, the stags know. and Fantastic Janet. I know it's hard to keep the two clear. The stags, yeah. the stags are the, the fuckboys in Fantastic <laughs> yes. Janet. Yes. And I, the uh, stags and the oh. <laughs> yeah. So, but it but writes right. itself. It really oh writes itself. Oh my God. It's easier than Steven because Steven at this point is a 300 page script. 
It's so massive. So long and massive. <laughs> just oh, like the, just like Fantastic Jam. It's so that. so long. But also so one of the my I would say in addition to that my favorite uh, a a partner favorite scene would be when they actually destroy the statues mm-hmm. that are being used for the the fuck zone. The, the, the fuck, fuck zone. zone. They but destroy the, sta- the fuck zone. I mean, really. But it's also the thing I hated because they destroy the statues. So they needed the statues in order to reproduce. Mm-hmm. So they just. But the statues had to have been there before because they were made by some. They're the, these Greco-Roman statues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what were they doing to reproduce before? And obviously they existed. So just destroying them doesn't mean that they can't reproduce because they had to have reproduced before. I just felt like yeah. There's a hole there mm-hmm. that I'm not quite seeing. Mm-hmm. Don't but... worry, Fantastic Janet will fill that hole for you. <laughs> <laughs> or did she get her hole filled? I don't know. Ah, gotta I tune mean... in. Gotta tune in. <laughs> so many things happen in that movie. I just, it, it felt like an, it, that there was, is it a miracle for them to actually, is it a miracle for them to reproduce? Maybe. That's why it's so hard for them. that's why they work so hard at it yeah that's why they're always meditating and i feel like also they're overthinking it totally you know i mean totally like when emma 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 sanderson in a christmas miracle she oh. was overthinking oh. it too Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When, uh-huh. you know, she, she was, was looking for sure a christmas miracle to uh-huh. write for a lifestyle magazine <laughs> and she found love and who was there to help her Barry Bostwick. Oh, shit. oh I mean, Again? Again. Is he, he is Santa Claus in this one? No, he's not worker. Santa Claus in this one. I wish he was. But, well, you know, so do we he all. does play an important role. In our hearts, though, in, he is. In our hearts, I, you know, when <laughs> I think of Christmas, I pretty much think of family and Barry Bostwick. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, oh man. Um, oh. My, Erica, your favorite scene? Oh. Do you have one? As I've said many times, I love this entire movie, but I do have two favorite scenes. Ooh, okay. Number one is the infos. I can't get enough of the infos. They don't mm-hmm. make any sense. No, it doesn't matter no. how many mm-hmm. times you listen to the infos, and I love that about it. I love it that they took the time to make the infos so unique and sound so full of purpose and so informational but they are just it's nonsense because mm-hmm. it's only for fantastic planets only for the drugs and the ohms and they go through that entire thing about the one original drug and he you can't kill him he's impervious yeah. to death and he is what keeps us from wanting to die like this whole like mystical mythical you know origin of them i love it absolutely love it um, my second favorite scene is when um, <laughs> when Tear goes and meets the wild, wild ohms. Not the wild ohms that he joins, but when he wants to warn... The bandits the, the one. Bandits. The bandit ones, He wants to yeah. warn the bandits that yeah. the drags are coming and they're going to de-ohm the park and they're going to be killed. We all need to band together as Yeah, ohms. he's trying to warn them. Mm-hmm. We all need to band together. And there's that super wild old lady ohm with the triangle boobies. Mm-hmm. He's like, get out of here, you're crazy. Like, lock him up. Ultimately finds that he was telling the truth. She somehow lives. This bitch is just invincible. Goes with them. Joins them. Has this like moment with Tears. I guess girlfriend. Oh, maybe. Wife? Yeah. I don't know. We don't. His yeah. Partner. Hard. Hard to tell. Yeah. And she's like, "Go get on your rocket. I believe in you." Like <laughs> death is so immediate. Yeah. It's so like you can do this. I'm like. <laughs> also, I go watch it. 
over and over and over again. It just makes me laugh. I love it. It's my favorite also, scene. Th- also, that, that pointy boob bitch. Yeah. She, they're getting massacred. And she's like, we should go to the rocket factory. Yeah. We'll be safe there. Why didn't anyone go, where were you on that dipshit? We've yeah. been getting creamed out here. Yeah. And you, and and you, you knew oh, about Oh, there's a rocket factory? <laughs> Fucking secretive bitch? <laughs> The irony, the irony is, though, they go to the rocket factory, which is exactly where the drags thought they were going to go. Right, so, yeah, like, right. she didn't have any secret. Yeah. That's why they weren't listening to her, because they were like, you don't know shit. You're nuts. And then they yeah. were at a point where they had no choice but to listen to but her. But the drags mm-hmm. knew and were like, nah, it's cool. We'll just let them hang out at the rocket factory. What could they where, do? What could yeah. they do? I don't know. Make, Make a rocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they so <laughs> underestimate the ohms like yeah. they're like they can't do shit but I know. fuck that's all they it can do it makes me nervous like I'm like should I just be watching my dog 24-7 <laughs> like is that bitch like up to something right now is she she's planning a revolution is she planning a revolution behind my back <laughs> that's why they're barking at every dog that walks by our house because they're like, trying to get the, the word revolution out. starts at midnight <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, my favorite scene, I have to say, is when they have the fight scene where they have the fighting animals Ooh, strapped yeah. to their chest. Like the Venus flytraps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they make those elephant sounds. I feel like this is a scene that also maybe... Also a cockfighter scene. An, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Deep and <laughs> I think that's something that, like, should another sci-fi or movie, something like that happen, like, having some crazy fighting animals strapped to your chest, and essentially you only win... If your animal beats the other one, <laughs> that's yeah. really like right. yeah. if your fighting animal kills your opponent, then mm-hmm. you win, which is all that mm-hmm. you know Ver actually accomplishes. Um, but I was like, that's a scene that I thought was great. I was yeah. like, I'd love to yeah. see that in something else. Like, yeah. what a it was also very crazy violent. idea. Yeah. It was that creature yeah. bites the other guy on the neck, neck and yeah, yeah. and this and PG they, movie. And they yeah. turn to the ohms, and the ohms are all like, "Oh shit!" shit. They're like, yeah, "That could like, happen." Oh. That's something that could happen. Yeah, we would just like bring in the fighting animals, like it was no big deal, even though we mm-hmm. know and we said this was a fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it happened, and then we were like, "Oh damn!" Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, did right. not turn oh, out. Oh shit! It was oh, a fight shit, to the death. It was a fight to the death. Corey, oh, Corey, no, Corey's already dead. Damn ah. it! We don't have Corey to blame. We always Suck blame Corey. <laughs> we lost Corey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time quickly for final questions, and we don't have much final questions because we could, I could have filled yeah. this whole podcast yeah. with final questions. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, so I'm going to keep it real brief and light, and and that is uh, just to ask: Do you know anyone that has actually named their pet after themselves? Hmm. After themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Because that is what Tiva so. wants to do initially with Little Tear. Oh, she that's wants right. to name it after Shit. herself yeah. and have them have the same name. Mm-hmm. No, that's I'm not. No, have you ever met no. anyone that would do that? And no, but now I kind of want to. <laughs> <laughs> so I can be outside the backyard and be like, Erica, come, Erica, come, Ryan, come here, Ryan. <laughs> oh, now I'm 100 percent gonna do it. So thank you, thank you for that. Thank you for that gift. Uh, all Ryan, right, well, get that out of your mouth. Drop it, Ryan. <laughs> drop it. Just so I get to say things like that. <laughs> Ryan, do not scoot your ass on the car. Bad Ryan. Bad. Ryan, you don't take a shit in here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dog Ryan. So the kids Human can be Ryan. like, Daddy's talking to himself. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So didn't you have a final question too? I Andy? did. My oh, final oh, question. Oh, ooh, deep thoughts. <laughs> is would you rather be a drag or an ohm? Ooh, ooh, that is a deep thought. If you had to choose. Ooh, that's a deep thought. Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go ohm. Oh. Yeah. All right. Mark. Uh. <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go. Despite the clothing. I'm gonna say. I don't know. Um, I feel like you could rock. I'm not. I mean, I would revolutionize. I would revolutionize the clothing for the Ohms for sure. Yeah, they are I'm wearing, going Ohm. Really? Definitely going Ohm. Oh on this shit, one. you guys! I'm going drag all the way. I'm yeah. gonna like, meditate. I'm gonna have the titties free all the time. <laughs> they had me at Swiss cheese. Titties are free. No bras. Oh my god, I'm 100 percent drag all the time. <laughs> Plus, you get to have little uh, human pets. Shit, yes. Yeah. You guys are my pets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, until we destroy your fuck zone. No. <laughs> yeah, and then you you're like, would. whatever you need. You Damn would. you. You're Mother a real Corey. You're being a real Corey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump in real quickly to the research for Fantastic Planet. I always mm. like to talk about where things fall in terms of the timeline. Yeah. So let's just t- talk about where Fantastic Planet is released, which obviously... Wait is 1973 and it, or 1973 <laughs> <laughs> i actually said it right that time which is which is incredible look at you you educated little ohm <laughs> okay so <clears throat> fantastic plan is released in december of 1973 the next movie released by new world pictures in january 1974 is the arena uh steve carver's the arena which is like a female gladiator style uh, movie with uh, Pam Greer prior to Fantastic Planet is yet another imported movie called Seven Blows of the Dragon which I believe is like a kung fu martial arts movie which is released Mm. in September 1973 before that now this is all me just looking at um, Mind Warp uh, the fantastic true story of Roger Corman's New World Pictures by Christopher Cating he also includes I Escape from Devil's Island, which is a movie we could eventually get Ooh. to, though I think is actually released by Universal Pictures. But the Corman Company, so this is Roger and his brother Gene mm-hmm. producing this movie, which mm-hmm. is a movie with Jim Brown and Christopher George. That's definitely it, one that we'll get to, like when we've exhausted all New World Pictures. Yes, yes. Or <laughs> 20 or we, years from now. <laughs> or, or one we just do for the Patreon. Yeah. We're 50 plus episodes in and we've only scratched the fucking surface. Just scratched it. (laughs) It's so like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and then before uh, I I escaped from Devil's Island in uh, July of 1973, The Young Nurses. So, and then before that, The Student Teachers. So we have Student Teachers, Young Nurses, Seven Blows of the Dragon, Fantastic Planet, and The Arena. It's wow, wow, an odd, what an odd. eclectic like. Yeah, that's why I feel like hats off to Raj for like he just went for it. He really did. Seems he to really me that he got Fantastic Planet for real cheap to like drop that in, and because that doesn't make any sense except yeah. for this is a very different movie mm-hmm. will attract a very different audience. And it costs you next to nothing. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. Now, um, this movie, as I said, was directed by René Laloux. He started his career using animation to help patients in the psychiatric hospital that he worked in. Mm-hmm. Now, and they created, sense now. They created mm-hmm. a movie together, which actually got the attention of Roland Topor, who uh, then they started working together. They made a couple animated shorts together, including Les Escargots, which is one of the more celebrated mm-hmm. short animated Snails. films. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. It's a guy school friend. Thank so. you. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Corey. God, <laughs> Corey. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> now, Topor was an artist and an author. He wrote the book for, uh, called The Tenant, which was made into a movie. By... That stands for The Tenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is... I, was, I was so confused. Thank you. Which was made into a movie by renowned pederast Roman Polanski. <laughs> Take that. Take that. Now, um. <laughs> pederast. That doesn't get used enough. Um, <laughs> now, according to Lalu, uh, however, after designing Fantastic Planet, coming up with a lot of the drawings and a lot of the, like, the like backgrounds and the different creatures and all the stuff in Fantastic Planet. Topor dropped out of the project, and also obviously Topor co-wrote the script for it and all. Um, but then he broke out. He 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 left the project because his mom did not think it was right for him. Hmm. So he dropped out of the whole thing. Oh. Uh, so God, I wish my kids listened I, that well. <laughs> this is according to Lalu. I don't. How know. old is this? Is this I, guy? I, he's a grown man at this point, so I don't know. But I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lalu makes a joke. This is all on the Criterion disc, and he he. There's an interview, and he makes a joke. He's like, "So thanks for all castrating mothers, ha ha ha." But I'm like, I, I don't understand. I feel like that was like a Topor didn't ha- didn't have an excuse, and he was like, "I I'm dropping out because uh uh my, my mom said I shouldn't do this." Yeah. <laughs> like, he just was yeah. like throwing his mom under the bus. <laughs> and all like, of them were like. That's the best excuse you could come up with. <laughs> yeah, Hello. even his mom was like, "Corey, <laughs> <laughs> wait till par." <laughs> um, so uh, he can. They can. They continued to consult with Topor, but um, essentially all the art was then finalized uh, by an artist in Prague. Because, as I said, they raised some of the money in France, and then they also took the rest of the money and 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 made the movie in Czechoslovakia, and they started doing this. In 1967s, when they start the animation in 1967, which is interrupted in 1968 in August because there is the invasion of Russia mm-hmm. and they invade Czechoslovakia and mm-hmm. overturn the government. So they bring everyone back. So Lalu and everybody comes back to France and they wait this out. So they don't resume production until 1971. Wow. And then they continue that and. Lalu reveals that he... Oh, by the way, Lalu said that not only they were not the only ones just using Czechoslovakians for animation, which apparently was, like, the cheap way to do animation. Right. But also he said they were also... The Americans were there doing episodes of Tom and Jerry because he said if Americans are always going to find the cheapest area. Mm-hmm. Of course. And so... Mm-hmm. And, and he's also, not wrong. And also, it's just, like, Fantastic Planet, Tom and Jerry. I mean... <laughs> Two totally different yikes. things. Yeah. We got a cat and a mouse fighting <laughs> each other. Oh, we have Fantastic Planet. Ooh. Deep thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, eventually, the Czech company uh, says they can't complete the film. And there's reasons why. They, they didn't finish it. Four sequences before the end of the movie. And the reason is, is because... Lalu explains that a lot of the black lines that are etched into the characters in the background that, that gives a lot of like shadows and contour that was something that he was really specific about but it takes a lot of time to do that on everything mm-hmm. and it's very expensive and yeah. he says that there's probably not going to be another movie like Fantastic Planet ever made because Damn it. you don't do that yeah. like in cell animation you don't do right. that but in the way they were doing it they were adding that to give it a, a specific look yeah. but it took forever and eventually the checks were like we're done. We yeah. can't do any more. Like this yeah. is taking too yeah. long. Yeah. We're, we're, hands we, hurt. Yeah, we're, hands hurt. we're not making money probably. So let's <laughs> right. let's just be done. Right. 
Wow. Um, so so they stopped Shit, making them. Shit, so they just let it die off. Yeah, and I don't know what those four sequences there is are. Not, but I, you cannot pay me any more kroner. I am not. I yeah, am I will not right. shadow I will in not. this movie Sorry. any longer. And I'm sure that those four sequences probably explained everything. <laughs> I'm sure Damn they it, did. it did. The lost four sequences. <laughs> it made all the sense. Um, despite that, however, they um, go and, and submit this into the Cannes Film Festival of 1973. And it wins the special Grand Prix at the 1973 Film so Festival. And it's the first animated movie to to be nominated in multiple categories, as well as like win a special prize. And then from there, Corman bought the film, and he would then do the U.S. dub. And so I also have Corman's autobiography here, How I Made 100 Movies in Hollywood Never Lost a Dime. So this is his section where he talks about Fantastic Planet. Nice. Um, he says uh, Frank, who's basically one of the guys who works for New World Pictures and buys, was one of the guys who would uh, buy features from other places. He had seen Planet, a truly extraordinary animation by Rene Lalu. Julie, his wife, and I saw it at the Cannes Film Festival on his recommendation, and I decided to buy it. We made a deal right there from the producer. We drew up a little deal memo. The producer bought out, uh, brought out a bottle of champagne as we closed the deal and gazed out over the Mediterranean from the hotel room. The film got nominated for an Oscar and made a couple hundred thousand dollars. Wow. That's what I'm saying, Raj. Just let's... Cue the narrator. Me and Jules are here in Con. Let's Mm -hmm. buy this movie. Like, I love you, Roger. But cue the narrator. Only it was not nominated for Academy Award. (laughs) (laughs) Because the... Best animated film category did not exist then, and it was mm. not nominated for best foreign film Dang either. It. So oh. I don't know what nomination he might be confusing it with the con, the, the prize of one at the con film festival. Yeah, whatever. It did not yeah. get nominated for. But Rogers listening to this right now, going, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The fact is, is that he drew up, he made money. Yeah, I Who mean didn't... that's the thing. He got it. He he always seemed to like. Have his finger on the pulse. Yeah, you know he, that's what's yeah. so. He just approached he everything with such a instinct, great yeah. and great man taste. Instinct. Yeah, yeah. He really knew yeah. like this could be something. He's a total Only... opposite of TC Sloan. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, except for when it comes to cockfighter, but very <laughs> few moments did he not understand like what the market might actually get into. However, it was not quite a, a success for Lalu because once he had finished it and Fantastic Planet became this big hit. He didn't really have anything else to do. And at this point, uh, Topor was not reliable. So he couldn't be like, oh, I have... like hammered all the time? Well, he would, He basically decided he didn't want to draw anymore. Yeah. Oh. And then he also, oh. because he didn't really complete the project at all, like he kind of did some drawings and then kind of sa- and wrote the script and yeah. then said, I'm out. So at this point, he's like, I can't rely on him. Even if he was, I was like, hey, I have a bunch of Topor's drawings mm-hmm. and we're going to do this other movie. He knows Topor is going to eventually just walk away for whatever yeah, weird right, reason right. he would have. So he basically has to, like, you know, just take on other projects and make money. And he doesn't really make another movie until 1982, which is a movie called Time Masters or Les Montres du Temps, which is the Masters of Time. C'est bon, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs> um, which is another adaptation of Steph- Stefan Wool's. Uh, a book, another book by him, and it's actually designed by Mobius. So that's another movie that he makes. And again, at, a, at, a, at just a, a delicious seventy-nine minutes, 
Mm. So I was like, ooh, that's one to kind of check out. That's, that's, one to check that's out. a tasty hit. That's, that's a tasty a, running mm. time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yum. I just thought, though, really quickly, uh, since this was such a big hit in at Con 1973, I thought we would just take a quick peek at what was also playing in 1973. Ooh. Okay, Ooh. yeah. Yes. So let's go like with the stuff that was awarded. Okay. So the Grand Prix de Festival Internation- International du Film. Ooh! The Hireling by Alan Bridges. No clue no what that is. All right. No, no idea. Sure. Okay. Uh, but it stars, it's a British drama. It stars Robert Shaw, Sarah Miles, who I believe Sarah Miles. She's in Steaming. Steaming. Yeah. <gasps> Steaming fame. Yeah, she is. Wow. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, also, Scarecrow, which is a film with Gene Hackman and Al Pacino, directed by Jerry Schatzman. Uh, Schatz, sorry, Schatzberg. Pardon me, Jerry. Um, the special pre special uh, de jury, the mother and the whore, mm. by Jean Ustache. Oh, wow! <laughs> French filmmaker. They're Not really Moustache. Going... No Moustache. Best actress Joanne Woodward for the effect of Gamma Rays on Man in the Moon Marigolds, oh. which anybody who did high school drama. Yeah, I was going to say anybody in high school of what that play was familiar. <laughs> um, best actor Giancarlo Giannini for Film di Amor di Anarchia. Um, Giancarlo Giannini was is known uh, for playing the French MI6 agent Rene Mathis in the James Bond films Casino Royale mm. and Quantum of Solace. So that's how you'll probably know that. Yeah. Um, he often dubs also for Al Pacino in Italian movies when they're dubbed over. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> that was my quick Al Pacino there. Just enjoy. Because he can get very loud! <laughs> But, so in, but, in, but in a French accent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Italian. 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 Wait, what? <laughs> Which, they don't speak French in Italy? Obviously, they, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, they could. They might. Um, obviously, the special war, uh, award went to um, Fantastic Planet or La Planète Sauvage. Mm. Um, fuck Zone. <laughs> or Fuck Zone. <laughs> I'm just imagining them being like, and the award the plan- goes to The Planet, La Planet Fuck Zone by La René Lalou. Fuck Zone by... <laughs> It's hard to say it. fuck zone if you it, not in a guttural way. Yeah, it is. It doesn't just fuck zone. La plan, <laughs> la planet fuck zone. <laughs> Get in here! It's a fuck zone. <laughs> <laughs> One night only. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Tuesdays. Five dollars off. The fuck zone. <laughs> <laughs> the best <laughs> two for one Bud Lights at the Fuck Zone. <laughs> Kids eat free at the Fuck Zone. I'm so sorry that I said that. That is not right. I'm that so is not sorry. right. Oh no. Oh, that shit. is. Uh, oh no. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Oh no. I am uh, sorry. <laughs> Regrets, Corey. <laughs> um. But um, uh, you definitely, that would definitely draw Roman Polanski in. He would definitely. <laughs> he's definitely there. He's there. You got me. You got me on that one. Also, these, uh, the uh, best first work is by Jeremy. Uh, that's the movie Jeremy, which is by Arthur Baron, which is a new movie that Fun City Editions is, or not a new movie, but it's a new Blu-ray that Fun City Editions has put out mm. recently. Um which has, uh, which is sort of like a just a you know 1970s romance with Robbie Benson and Glennis O'Connor, um, which uh, I we have, but we haven't watched yet. Of course so. we do. Of course we do. <laughs> um, a technical grand prize went to Cries and Whispers by Igmar Bergman, which we will also discuss because mm. New World Pictures New World. also released Cries and Whispers out in the United States. 
Uh, another uh, award went to Scarecrow. Um, so they won a couple things. Yeah, really uh, so they won quite a few things. Let's I feel just like Scarecrow is a real deceptor, though. Like I think it's gonna be like, Ooh, Scarecrow, and then it's gonna be. About, it like, sounds like a horror film, but it's not. It's not gonna be it's like, like a family falling yeah. apart or some bullshit. Just just to look in what was in <laughs> competition, like, just, a, like the, the general manager of a football team. <laughs> You're like, I, I hope should. that's what it is. It's not. It's not. This is a shitty NFL movie. I know for sure it's not. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's out. Burt on... Reynolds plays a bit part as the as, as the the second the second string quarterback <laughs> who has to step in. <laughs> but they um, still lose the game. <laughs> right. Because it's the seventies. Yes. Not in the eighties. They would have won. A gruff ex-con and an ex-salesman share a series of adventures while traveling across America. Mm-mm. Scarecrow. That's, well, that's not what I thought that movie was going to be about. Get ready a lot for it because on the I also have the Blu-ray for oh, Scarecrow as well. So uh, that also, wow. that's also on do. the docket. I, I haven't know, seen it yet. But, Al Pacino's uh, Jeannie Hackman, Dorothy Tristan. Sure. I let's mean, just take. A quick, I have no choice. <laughs> let's take a peek at what else was there in competition. Um, first of all, uh, obviously the effect of Gamma Rays and Man of the Moon Marigolds, Fantastic Planet, Godspell. Oh, also there, <laughs> high school theater kid. Ooh, Ooh. Godspell. Um, I'm sorry. The uh, love and anarchy is is what the Giancarlo Giannini is in English. Um, oh, lucky man, which is with Malcolm McDowell, which is I feel like one of those. It's like Malcolm McDowell with like a white hat on. I feel like I saw that video box like a thousand mm. times at the video store, but I was always like, oh, look at the guy from Clockwork Orange. And then, but like, <laughs> I never watched, never saw it, never yeah. saw it. Uh, but probably should, but probably should. Now. But yeah, yeah now I have it. to. Now I have to. Yeah, I do own it, yes. <laughs> no, I, I don't own that one. Um, yeah. Not yet. I will buy it tonight. Just buying I'm it gonna buy right it. now. <laughs> just bought it. I just bought it, guys. It's on its way. <laughs> I refuse to to, uh, to Corey the situation. Um, Lady Sings the Blues is uh, was oh. played out of competition. Um, a Doll's House. That's another mm. Joseph Losey mo- mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. The director of Steaming. Steaming. Mm-hmm. Um, Future Shock, which is narrated by Orson Welles, a documentary. Buying it. Okay, so other things. So, <laughs> just, so that's just a little bit Ryan of stuff. Currently purchasing. Of stuff that, yeah. that was we, going on at the Cannes <laughs> Film Festival. And lastly, I just wanted to go over something again from Christopher Cading's oh. Mind Warp. Okay. Because he has a theory about what this movie was about. Nice. And I just want to read this to you guys Deep and see what you think. Thoughts. So uh, he says the movie has often been read as an allegory of the 68 Russian invasion. But mm. this is hard to sustain given that the source novel was written in the 50s and the production of the film started a year before the Prague Spring or the invasion by Russia in, in Czechoslovakia. Its more obvious inspiration is the book of Exodus with Tare standing in from Moses, the Oms as the dislocated Israelites, the oh, he calls them the Trogs here, the Drogs, as extraterrestrial stags. <laughs> Not the stags. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Christopher Cady, he doesn't know about uh, Planet Janet. So, um, as extraterrestrial Egyptians, and the journey to the strange planet being the equivalent of the flight to the Promised Land. Given that Topor was a Polish Jew who had experienced Nazi persecution, his attraction to the material is thereby obvious. Mm. That said, as much as he says, clearly it's this, it's just a theory. Yeah. And I was yeah. curious what you guys thought about that. 
I could see that, and I could see how you could, you could draw from that. I mean, for me, I think I'm a bit more simple, and then I think it's how we as humans treat animals. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me, that's what I take from it is that we treat animals like that, and we treat them like little idiots that we can just dress up and use for our own pleasure and our own companionship. Sure. And then when we're tired of them, we just kill them or you know set them free and, and put them aside. But I could, I, I actually really like that. I like that his draw from that. It's certainly an interesting theory. Yeah, definitely Mark? interesting. It, it doesn't change. I still don't know what this movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> Mark has learned nothing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Get for him me. a headband. He needs his info. I <laughs> give him that gold headband so he can figure out <laughs> what are the clip clops that the dibbly do. <laughs> um, here's the thing about this movie, and this is why I think this movie actually is really great, is because that sounds fine. That yeah. sounds is a theory that's look. It's, it's not what I thought. To be. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would watch it again and have that theory in my mind. But I think this movie can fit into a lot of corners as a good piece of art mm-hmm. would do because yeah. you can look at this movie and you can fill in. A, it's obviously an allegory of some kind. Yeah. What that allegory is, I think, is kind it's of debatable. up to you. Yeah. Is it you know? Is it an allegory for what he's talking about, about the, the Israelites going to the, 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 the promised land? Maybe. Is it an allegory of Barry Bostwick's filmography? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, very Certainly. well. Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Without a doubt. <laughs> is it, you know, I mean, I'd say, I think this movie is very much open for interpretation. And I don't think it fits nicely into a lot of, you know, it doesn't fit exactly, I think, into yeah. a lot of interpretation. But it could fit into your interpretation. Yeah. I, I just think it's uh, it's open to it. There's so much going on in this movie, and I have to say, just having watched it a few times for this, I was a little nervous to approach it, just because it's like, this is kind of a really good movie, particularly yeah. for New World Pictures. And, um, you know, but that's what kind of makes New World Pictures such a fascinating mm-hmm. subject for our podcast, because they really put out just an unbelievable... Just to, just to go through what they put out. So they put out... Fantastic Planet, and having seen the arena, which I love, but just the fact that they put this out, and then the next year they're like, and the arena, which is just like back to their exploitation ways. Like he mm-hmm. just, uh, Roger Corman had just such an interesting, you know, um, he just had such an in- interesting method about him. Mm-hmm. And as I was saying um, before the podcast to Erica, what fascinates me also about the second part of New World Picture is history, when Roger Corman sold the company. I feel like they didn't have that sense of like who are we as a company. Mm-hmm. They had way more of a scatter shot. Let's just like release a ton of stuff and see what hits. They didn't really think as much, and so for Corman to be like, "Oh, I'm definitely going to still make exploitation movies like The Arena," but before that, I'm going to put out like this, you know, this con winner, you know, this little movie that, that, that again, I think he got it for cheap. Oh, for sure. Oh, I'm sure he did. Absolutely. So it was one of those, like, why not? Yeah. I can afford it. I'm here. It did well here. It'll probably bring in a different audience. That is great. Um, but that wasn't going to take away the fact that he was always chasing, like, what's the next exploitation trend? Sure. What's the, the sci-fi movie that just made a bunch of money and I can make a bunch of other sci-fi movies that are sort of similar in design? But you're right. Once Robert Remy took it over, it was more... I guess they were going for like 80s teen movies more than anything, but I don't, they didn't really have a style. They didn't really no, know no. what 
what angle of teen movie to right. go after. They were right. just like, we'll, we'll go after all of them, and yeah. one of them will hit, right? They just were going over everywhere, which I think is ultimately why the company doesn't really last even another 10 years. Like, they actually grow leaps and bounds really fast, but they don't have any staying power because they don't, I don't think they kind of, like I was, if you compare New World Pictures to Canon Films, which was a main competitor at the time, certainly other things like Vestron and other companies that were coming out at the time, but they, Canon has like a real specific, I yeah. think, niche yeah. that they kind of fill, and they're 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 almost specifically action films. Yeah, they did a couple but other things too, specific, but like, yeah, it's but almost, almost specific. But New World Pictures in the '80s, as you get in past Cor the Corman era, it's all over the place. Like you are just everywhere. They're doing. They're starting with Angel, mm -hmm. Children of the Corn. They're they they're just shooting across the board. They don't know what they're they're gonna do. Yeah. And they didn't stop like Roger Corman often did to say, oh, also we're going to throw in some foreign films. Right, we're going right. to throw in some different stuff so you don't kind of have us too pegged, even though really, I mean, you know, Corman is Corman. But, yeah. you know, so he, he, you know, this is just a great example of like what Corman was able to do with New World Pictures and sort of mix it up in a, in, in a way that uh, you weren't anticipating. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one, yeah. th one thing that'd be worth exploring at some point is... How did New World Pictures <clears throat> fare once they, after it was sold in comparison to Millennium Pictures, which was what Roger Corman started after that? He only did Millennium Films for four films, and that was just as... Okay, the, so Concord. So, Con, yeah, Concord or just saying New Horizons. Like, yeah. Or New Horizons. Just saying, like, was that a byproduct <clears throat> of the 80s? Was, like, just the thing that, that Roger did just not something that was sustainable in the 80s like it had been in the 70s? Or was he able to still, from a box office standpoint, still able to get squeeze those dollars out of Concord and New Horizons, while at the same time New World Pictures, his former company, was completely flailing? I, I don't really know the answer to that. So, well, the answer, at least to some degree, and I'd have to look into how well the financials were for New Concord, but the fact that he sold the company off and didn't. Uh, but man, managed to maintain the library from his era is a complete grift. Yeah. Because yeah. he has continued and continues um, to make money off of the library yeah. from New World Pictures. And that's just been a huge boost for him. So he always mm -hmm. had that. And so when he goes into New Concord or, or New Horizons, or Concord, New Horizons, when he starts those companies... That's when he actually makes like Big Bad Mama too. Like he can even make stuff right. off of his past success because it, you know he, he owns that stuff. It doesn't matter that it's it could it could have been a New World Pictures. You know they could have made Big Bad Mama too, and they could have made some money off of it, but they don't own it because they didn't buy any of that. They just wanted to buy a name that people knew was like oh New World Pictures. Okay, mm -hmm. what are they putting out? They just wanted to buy, like... And they were the, the most popular right, independent the, uh, distributor at that time. So. so you're saying they basically bought the name. Absolutely. That's yeah. all they bought. That's all they bought. They didn't buy the library. Because that doesn't... That name, to me, didn't <laughs> did not have the best reputation, even at that time. It was yeah. the number one independent distributor at that point, because as Roger Corman started with American, uh, American International Pictures, or AIP, he directed a lot of movies for them, yeah. and they were the biggest distributor... Up until he starts New World Pictures, and then New World Pictures takes over as the biggest independent distributor, and they like sort the of like the Mask of the Red Death. <laughs> yes, actually, I think he did make that for AIP. So yeah. a lot of his uh, 
a lot of his Poe movies were all uh, AIP. Like when mm-hmm. we talked about the House of Usher, that was for American Which International. We house... talked about House of Usher. So oh, the fall oh. of the House of Usher. <laughs> oh, or the house oh of no! Usher. Oh, we okay. we did do okay. an episode on that one. You the didn't fall of see the it. House of the Mask. You didn't of the quite Red see that one. <laughs> it was the assignment, but okay. you didn't quite see it. Got it. I can't Got wait it. for you to eventually see the movie we all agreed to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Erica, did you have something here? Yeah, just as a final thought, I was going to add. It's art. Makes you think, dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's it for us on Fantastic Planet. Uh, Please check out this movie. Please check out our other podcasts if you haven't already. Give us a five-star review that would really help us out. You can also write us at info at newworldpodcast.com. You can send us... uh, a message you can send us a question we'll read it on a bonus episode and we'll see you next time at the new world podcast bye everybody